Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome for being here today. I know that we I know that we are going through many trials right now with the covert 19 virus. Um And I'd just like to speak a moment toward that, and then you will see how this show is so appropriate to the times. We have been here. It's a time where we're so uncomfortable because this is uh, waters we have not been in before. And it's, it's affecting all of us all over the world. That is quite unique right there. Now, But I want you to know that in the U.S., because I know I have many, many listeners all over the world, that we've kind of been given a mandate or directive as to how to best protect ourselves. And it limits social interaction. Not an easy thing for us in this world today because we live so close to everybody It also is asking us to, when we're forced to leave our homes for basics of life, do so with protection, gloves, masks, hand washing, six-foot distancing. All of those are totally up to us. Some will step up, some will not. Beware of some people around you that might need support. And I'm so impressed by many of the younger people that have stepped up to help seniors all over the world. During similar times like this, not really like it, but similar, we have seen good and we have seen ugly of the human race. We see kindness return and we see hoarding in stores. Hope you will allow your good to prevail. Our guest today could not be more appropriate to this day and time. Let me share why I'm so excited that we're talking today. Our our guests are co-founders, Chris Marie Chappell, Campbell, sorry, I just changed your name, honey. So sorry about that. And Susan Clark teach that conflict is natural when smart, passionate people work together toward a common goal. The trick is learning how to use that conflict. Together, Chris and Susan have spent the past 15 years helping not only leaders in teams develop skills and processes that solve conflict, but also they show individuals and couples do the same. Now, 
I I want you to ta- I want to spend just a little bit of time on each of these women because I think I think they're very fascinating and they come with so much knowledge and support. So Chris Marie has a passion for women's leadership and creating winning teams. As an Olympic and world champion rower, a Boeing engineer, and as a manager at Arthur Anderson, she learned firsthand what makes a champion team versus simply a team of champions. Um, When she's not working, she's a hip-hop dancer, a painter, I love that, and a community theater actress. At the age of 24, Susan, her partner, when she was confronted with by her doctors that she had six months to live and was faced with cancer, she stepped into leadership role in her life. Building on her extraordinary successes with her health, she honed her skills as a facilitator, educator, and coach for the next 20 years. When she's not working... She loves skiing, golfing, and can be seen out working with the horses, which you know I'm from Texas, so I love that that part. Okay, so in 2002, Chris Marie and Susan Clark brought their unique perspectives to widely wider audience, making relationships matter as much as business results. Welcome, Chris Marie and Susan. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, we're excited to be here, Joyce. Oh. Extraordinary time. It is. It is. And I think that the subject of conflict, because anytime we're dealing with change, we've got conflict. And Mm -hmm. everything about our life has changed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? It really has. Yes. And and yes, anytime something like this happens and we go, you know, uh, well, not, things like this don't always happen, but I am, right. uh, you know, this is Susan and you were reminded, I mean, this has brought for me, this time has brought up for me my experience and years of facing the different cancers I worked with because it always would spiral me into a place of chaos and change and mm-hmm. and sometimes I'd be in denial or resisted and, you know, kind of like what you were saying, I had choices in any given moment how I was going to be in the moment with what I was facing with and you know I could uh, you know so I this right. time is sort of on a global level it seems like we are in that place so um, it is pretty extraordinary and and I do think with that conflict with that chaos always comes conflict so um, yes how we deal yeah. with it is choice you know so can you actually put a definition around conflict so international students would understand that word yeah, this is Chris Marie. Uh, we define conflict. Anytime you have an important goal or vision or something you're doing and you have, let's say, smart people or the people around that are passionate about doing this thing, and what mm-hmm. happens is conflict happens when you have different opinions and strong emotions and focused on one particular task or idea. And that's when we, we run into kind of right-wrong energy and blame and trying to control. <clears throat> and that, that tension that comes up when I want you to do it my way, 
you want me to do it your way, it, that tension inside of me and between me and you is that energy of conflict that <clears throat> we're not comfortable with, just like we're not comfortable with chaos, <laughs> which, right. which is what's happening right now. And so we really want to we, we want to get rid of that and diffuse it, like even the current situation. We want it just to go back to normal. Can we just have it go back to normal? Because then I'll feel better. And yes. we approach conflict the same way. Can we just get, get along and we, we work, we have different styles in which we diffuse that energy of conflict. Mm-hmm. I had to share with you all a little personal message here. I was uh, talking to my son, who is an adult himself, and <clears throat> we were we were talking about a family issue just last week. And <clears throat> I knew I was right because I'm the mother, right? And I've made good decisions, right? And yes. so, anyway, talk about passion. There was lots of passion. And he was just as committed. And it was uh, it, it was one of those moments where you just go, mm, after he left. You just, you know, as a mother, you just, mm, I don't like that. That wasn't nice. It just didn't feel good. And I had the aha moment that I was raised in a family where we didn't have conflict. Would you believe that? We were just all perfect. Mm-hmm. And he has been raised in his birth, in me, our family, where we have had divorce. And so we didn't do uh, conflict very well either. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he's a product of this environment. But he's, there's so many of us walking around out there. And I was up in the middle of the night trying to find my anger books. Where are my anger books? You know, like any coach, I'm going to go to an anger book. And it was just so it was so eye-opening to me. It was like an aha for me. Um, and, of course, I did apologize, and, we, you know, we're great. But uh, that has to be the hardest thing about what you all do when you work with women, work with groups, in getting that feeling and that recognition that they've just had an aha moment, and how are they going to address it? Mm-hmm. This is Chris Marie and Joyce, I think you bring up a good point uh, earlier in what you were saying is just that how we grew up in dealing with conflict mm-hmm. uh, definitely informs how we do it now because those patterns oh. got laid down probably even before we had words. They're in our nervous system. Yeah. For me, yeah. I had, you know, an army colonel dad who was angry a lot. So every night at dinner was like running the gauntlet, hoping he wouldn't explode. So I learned all sorts of skills about how to you know, diffuse conflict, change the subject, ask the question, anything to avoid possibly getting yelled at or even more uh, worse, getting hit. And so I did not learn the skills of how to speak up and ask for what I want because I was like, I don't care what I want. I just want everything to be smooth. (laughs) That's what a good relationship is, one that everything is smooth. And that, that skill got me, you know, I became an Olympic athlete. I knew how to work on a team, but it became career limiting when I didn't speak up when I knew something was wrong. And then I got blamed for it six months later. And at that point I thought, I got to figure out how to speak up because this isn't working. And um, so I want to, there's hope for people to learn how to speak up and find their voice for women too, which I have done. And it's um, so important because when we do hit those moments of conflict, 
the best part of us doesn't usually show up. We are in our coping styles. And so we yeah. will say things that maybe we either won't say something or we'll say something mean and attack. And, and noticing and recognizing how to recover is, is huge. I mean, we have a saying, it's not what you do, it's what you do next that really mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so have anything I, that you wanted to add to that? Well, I mean, you know, as Chris Marie was talking to, and she was describing her family, you know, in my family, you know, there were, I, my family was very pretty intellectual with, you know, sometimes we could have intellectual debate, I guess. Um, but <laughs> a lot of things were not being said and that, you know, um, and I was always someone who would um, say something that wasn't supposed to be said. And, uh, um, and, you know, that would create all sorts of things. And, but there was this, so for me, calm or nice is actually way more threatening than um, when things get ugly. Because at least when Mm. things get ugly, I see what's happening. It's kind of like you see the (laughs) elephant in the room. You know, you know, it may still be stomping on everyone, but it's, um, you know, uh, it's out. Things are, you know. And so for me, it was very different, you know, uh, the difference. You know, when I'd see people who uh, wouldn't ever show that kind of <laughs> raw emotion, I, I was actually yeah. way I'm more terrified of that because I think something isn't being said. And I have since learned that, yes, there are just some nice people in the world. They're not always covering something up. But I did uh, for a long time, you know, I was much better in a state mm-hmm. of that kind of um, tension. And maybe that's why I, you know, picked the career path I picked because I was right. kind of after all my cancers, like, okay, things are getting said. It may be ugly, but I'd rather be in this than be in the smooth, silent type. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's good because we, together, when we're with couples or with teams, we each bring that, and people begin to kind of look at what did you learn? What, you know, don't make it wrong. Just recognize your tendencies because that's how you're going to have a choice about how to do it differently. Mm-hmm. I, I can see uh, working in the uh, with couples or smaller groups, but I, I large groups. I'm not sure. I would know. Do you break? You must break them down into small groups or something. Do you, well, we do anyway. think this is this is Chris Marie. We do think mm-hmm. um, smaller groups. Uh, when you get like six to eight is a, a sweet spot for a team size or a discussion because everybody has enough room to up. When you get yes. above 12, and we don't have, jur- you know, our jury is a 12-person, you know, <laughs> group. Mm-hmm. Uh, if mm-hmm. it gets larger than that, then people feel like they can't actually drop in and be real and vulnerable because they've got an audience. And so they're more positioning or posturing to look good. And so mm-hmm. there's a better chance because we have, there's two key ingredients that when we're coaching whether it's coaching a team or coaching somebody one-on-one, we coach women one-on-one to find their voice. When I'm mm-hmm. coaching, um, it's really helping her recognize, hey, you can actually show up and say what's really going on. You can show up more vulnerably and say, I'm uncomfortable, or I don't know what to say, or, wow, that your voice is, is too loud for me to be able to pay attention and listen. So showing up more vulnerably is a powerful move when you're, when you're in um, a one-on-one disagreement or uh, even with a team, it changes the dynamics instantly when somebody, just one person does that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I can remember just um, 
in large groups. It was always uh, difficult for me to speak up, but that's from childhood stuff. Um, so what do you do to break that person or break that resistance that person has toward in a group toward speaking up? Is it the same when you're just working with a couple? Well, Is that a good question? Working, when we are working with the group, if 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 the group is is say um, you know we try to with teams you know encourage smaller groups, but of course sometimes we're working with the larger groups, and we we may help you know we try to begin to help them understand that each of you is going to come with your own you know feelings and and just, you know how you deal with conflict, and so one simple thing is to have then break into smaller groups and talk about how they each relate to conflict. And it's a simple mm. kind of breaking the ground mm-hmm. to begin to understand we all came into this very differently. We all had very different experiences. Even if we look the same, you know, my sis- if you talk to each one of my sisters, we grew up in the same family, you would not know we were sisters or had been in the same um, in the same house. That's a great point. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that is so true in families and and in businesses. It's really true. You know, the person sitting across from you, you don't know the story behind their um, how they got there. And so, when mm-hmm. people start to talk about that, it be, you begin to see, wow, we are very different people. And in smaller groups, you, you know, you have the chance to really listen to that, and it, I think it does start to influence. Oh, um, I'm, you know, we're not all the same. Um, and those differences are actually where we have our most potential to uh, do things, you know, to, to change the world, so to speak, or to transform, is if we can see those not as problems, but as possibilities. Right. Yeah, that we think actually those differences are a, are a source of potential energy. We just haven't mm-hmm. been trained how to handle that inside our own, you know, our own body. We, we have a lot of discomfort. So when I'm coaching a woman one-on-one so she can speak up in that group, one, the first thing I do is have her notice how many times does she want to say something and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. How often mm-hmm. in all the different situations does that start to come up? And then yeah. I take her through some things to help her discharge her nervous system so she starts to cultivate a sense of safety in her own body. And then, three, we start to rewire her brain, change her thoughts in those situations. And then she starts to practice. And you practice on, of course, just like you're learning anything new, you practice in safer, easy situations. And then you go through more and more, you know, higher risk, whatever it is for her. And eventually... Her confidence starts to show up, and she feels safe enough to say, hey, I disagree with you, even in front of a larger group. Mm. But it's a process, a cultivated process of safety in that woman's body and mind so that she's shifting what maybe she was trained to do, like I was, and what I've mm-hmm. done in, mm-hmm. my own, you know, in my own situation. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting to know how you do – how you – uh, diffuse the emotion that one has uh, to be able to say, I disagree with you. <laughs> one, I think it's actually settling your nervous system, which there's tools to do that, and then allow. Right. don't expect yourself to feel comfortable. <laughs> so yeah. when you can actually oh, get comfortable <laughs> with your own discomfort, your doors will open up. But that doesn't mean you need to express all that discomfort. You can have that in your system and still feel like I'm okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting to me, as you said, Susan, about the person that grows up in, I think it was Susan, that grows up in the same family, and yet we see it so differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you think that's interesting? <laughs> I don't know where. I just like that because I'm not at all like my sister. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, it was Susan, and very much, it's, um, you know, uh, we all have these, we all take in information differently, and what goes into our own, we all have a personal filter, and what goes into our personal filter is sort of our significant emotional vent. And the reality of what was significant to me is not the same even that was significant to my sister necessarily. You know, and so we all have different significant emotional events. Aside from our culture, aside from all of that, just those things alone play a huge, um, you know, play a big part in how we filter and digest anything that's going on in our world now. And unless we are aware of that and realize I may do it differently than you do. Well, boy, we get stuck in right-wrong all the time, right from there. Mm -hmm. But if I can kind of begin to tease apart first my own filter, like how did I get here? What were the significant emotional events? What are the things that are still um, creating that um, where I might generalize or delete or distort information? How can I begin to recognize my own biases, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. If I can take responsibility for those, then I can see, oh, this other person may do it very differently than me, even my sister. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can have a conversation about that. And if I don't make it right or wrong, and you know, I just am curious and interested in that. If something, you know, that's like, it, it actually, I begin to see the world is much bigger because there's not this like theme, there's not, there's not this narrow storyline. It's much bigger and broader. And uh, if, if I can come from a place of curiosity, I mean, Chris Marie was talking about the notion of vulnerability. The other ingredient we talk about is this idea of curiosity. Am I open to the fact that mm-hmm. there, there is not just one reality? There mm-hmm. are multiple, you know, like mm-hmm. there's my reality, but there's also everyone else's. And that is um, when I can, you know, open to that, it's really powerful and not have to stay so concerned and closed in my little storyline about what's right or wrong. Right. It was, um, my mind shifted immediately while you were saying that to the the person that I mentioned out there, the hoarder that mm-hmm. goes to the store and hoards. And it's hard in a time like this when we're, you know, suffering from lack and there's not enough on the grocery store shelves. It's hard to shift into, I'm trying to use an example that's pretty common to most of us right now. Um, it's hard for us to shift into the question of why would a person do this? And yet it it changes the whole perspective of it. If you say, why would somebody do this? And it's all because of their their history, right? Yeah, yeah, their fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and we talk in the book about, you know, when I'm in that place and stuck in my right, you know, right, wrong place, can I mm-hmm. ask myself, you know, the question, why might this be so important to that person? What is it driving? And right now, so much mm-hmm. of our actions are being driven by fear or by, yes. you know, potentially survival or 
And when you get into those survival modes, um, you know, I could start to think about, so why is that so important to them? And if I can ask that question, it just loosens things up and, you know, um, not fight about toilet paper because that is really not the issue. I mean, right. people are hoarding toilet right. paper because they're fearful, you know, yeah. uh, and something yeah. else is driving it. And so, you know, if, you know, it, it is hard because I do see, or people who aren't kind of staying the, the, the guidelines that are given, you know, and I can make right. up all sorts of stories about that versus, okay, wait a minute, underneath that, what is driving it? What else? Why might that be so important to them in this moment? Can I have some compassion and, mm-hmm. you know, look at my own righteousness? Why am I so upset about it and triggered by it? You know, because if I can also recognize that, I can be a little more open and compassionate too. Like, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Um, you mentioned about your book, so this is a great time to talk about that book because we're needing support in the silence. Since we're housebound, hopefully, um, we have lots of reading time. We need to turn off the TV and have more reading time. So they can go where to find their your book? Yeah, you can find both our books on Amazon. We have two of them. It's really easy, though. They both have a similar title, Beauty of Conflict. One is a business book, The Beauty of Conflict, Harnessing Your Team's Competitive Advantage. So that's for leadership and teamwork and dealing with conflict at work. And then we have, which may be very apropos for people who are stuck at home, The Beauty of Conflict for Couples. And that is a much more personal book about how do you actually find your voice and speak up in a way that works with your spouse. And um, mm-hmm. especially when spouses are trapped inside the same house right now, there's a lot of <laughs> conflict coming up in couples. So uh, both of those yeah. are available on Amazon. And we also have a podcast, The Beauty of Conflict, on iTunes and Stitcher and right. Spotify. So, and that's really a combination of the two. How do you deal with conflict at home, at work, or everywhere else in your life? But the couples, the relationship, the couple, the one that it uh, – could be used with couples, could be used with just any relationship, could it not? Yeah, so we, go ahead, Susan. Well, really, both of them, but the couples one for sure is uh, for, you know, why it's for couples primarily is because, you know, it's where that relationship is so significant and, you you know, you have often, it could be families, it could be, uh, you're, like you're, you were talking about you and your son, and that, you know, it would be very applicable to, to that kind of dynamic. A lot yeah. of the, the relationship model that we talk about in that book is actually the same dynamic that happens on teams. So, ah. and, you know, it's so interesting right now because, you know, not only are there couples at home who are, you know, in the throes of what's happening with their family, but a lot of those same couples are both working <laughs> online yes. with their teams. Oh, their, yes. And um, even uh, whether you're working online at home or whether you get to go into your office, the dynamics, they've shifted, but they're still somewhat the same. Yeah. And so being, yeah. you know, if you're working from home, either of these books may be very helpful for you. And if you're in a yeah. couple, for sure, because you really do have to start to negotiate and talk about how are we going to live in this different space, because now you're yeah. in a much tighter, uh, a lot we, more things um, are coming up. <clears throat> Yeah, we're going to take a brief break here, and we will come back to talk more with Chris Marie and Susan, as you know, as you can see, about couples and interaction.
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking today with Chris Marie and Susan about conflict, not only in the workplace, which the workplace has changed a bit now. It's now more on the Internet because of the situation we're going through with the COVID-19, but also with couples that are forced to be together 24-7 now because of of the guidelines to stay at home. Uh, Whether you're on the computer or off of the computer, um, you're interacting with your mate, with your children, a lot more, and emotions are running high as we all are affected by the stress of just what's on the news and um, <laughs> all that information. So my first suggestion is don't do a 24-7 on the news. <laughs> Go back to <laughs> morning and evening, maybe. I've heard that suggested. For me, I don't do any of it right now. It just stresses me. And you have to be your own monitor. You know, if you're upset, don't watch it. I promise it won't change if you do once <laughs> and once more. So anyway, this uh, show is so, so, so valuable for you. I would like for you all to share either either one. I'll let you choose. Um, the other sources that um, I know so many of the coaches and leaders in this community are trying to support and um, uh, support our listeners in our community and whatever they're facing. Um, so how are you all doing this? Uh-huh. It's kind of funny because what we started to do, um, you know, it was last week, last weekend, a week, like 10 days ago that things started to really take, you know, like, you're going to have to stay in your houses, that sort of thing. And so we decided we'd do a daily Facebook Live. And so we do a daily Facebook Live at 10 Mountain every day for like 10 or 15 minutes to provide people kind of like, here, think of this, or some inspiration or a perspective. And then we also uh, create a video when we post it on LinkedIn during the business week. So we've been doing that. We're on day nine today. And it I have to tell you, it, it is, warms my heart as we're doing a Facebook Live to see people popping on and, you know, saying hi, and we ask usually a question, so they're sharing what they're going through. 
And that has given me a sense of purpose and meaning, for sure, to know that, hey, here I am giving back. And we also offer people, if they need more support, you know, we do one-on-one coaching, so please reach out, because people are so stressed and in this place of fear, which can really, because they are helpless, we are helpless in some ways. We have some things we can control and some things we can't, but when we can rebalance into a state of resource, the experience is so much more pleasant and we see a lot more opportunities. So that's our work, you know, to share that information more publicly, but also when we're coaching, uh, when I'm coaching people, women one-on-one, to really help them access their resources and feel safe in this chaotic, scary time, which is a a big task. (laughs) Yes. So how do they see you on Facebook, on your Facebook? They just have to friend Susan Clark or Chris Marie Campbell, and I'm probably the easiest name since it's so different because it's C-R, there's no H in it, C-R-I-S. M-A-R-I-E, and Campbell, like the soup, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. And they could probably even, whether they friend me or not, they could probably just go to my feed because it's all public and look at the mm-hmm. videos that we've posted. So if they want to do that, they're all, most of them are there. I think we did a couple on Thrive or Susan, but most of them are on my feed. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you are also on Twitter and LinkedIn just as other sources of uh, um uh, connecting with you, but you also have a YouTube? No, we have a podcast, more a of a podcast. podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, on iTunes. That's the beauty of conflict, that they can search on iTunes. And the That's nice the thing about the, 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 that where, you know, going to the podcast too, is there are some specific tools in there that, if, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they have the book, they can, you know, apply them. And they're short little pieces about some of the tools that they could be using right now, you know, in the, in this particular time. So, like, check it out and 555, and um, those are some things that are available at the podcast site. Right. That's great. We need everything we can out there to support our listeners. I agree. Um, give them some comfort. Well, and one of the things that we talk about, we have a podcast on boundarying, and this is also in the Beauty of Conflict for Couples. And it's one of those things, Joyce, that you were saying. It, it applies whether you're talking to your son, your spouse, your boss, your teammate, your neighbor, is how, how can I find my voice and speak up and ask for what I want and also not demand the other person change, but actually find a way that I can take care of my needs, which is so important right now because we feel Mm -hmm. really at the heart of it helpless and we're not comfortable with that. So the boundarying process, which we have a little podcast episode on and a chapter in the Beauty of Conflict for Couples would be great resources for your listeners. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I downloaded the book. The um, it's it's a Kindle too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've started doing that because <laughs> my <laughs> books are getting numerous. It's, I know. You know <laughs> we love books, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the rooms aren't big enough for all the books. I know. Um, <laughs> now I want to talk a little bit about I I love. I really love sharing the personal side of my guests. I just want people to know, yes, we are we are human too and we do have we have this great knowledge, but we also must play. 
like mm-hmm. everybody needs to play. So you have those things in in your um, life that offer you that freedom to play. And Susan, I'm going to talk about something that you use for play, but you also use it for your work. And that is your course on working with horses. Oh, yeah. Um, I and mean, why do you find that so powerful? Uh, find your mojo. Yes, find your mojo, and we do it also in leadership work. But the horses <laughs> are such powerful. Um, one, you know, they are, I mean, we are herd animals as well, really. We are quite vulnerable beings. Now we're really being confronted by just how vulnerable we are in these current times. But horses okay. have always been reliant upon, um, you know, they're totally herd animals. And they're, so they are, they actually have probably the most heightened sense of emotional intelligence. And they, in the sense that they are constantly through their bodies picking up and registering, um, heart, you know, like if I, if I go into a pasture, heart rate, Am I anxious or nervous? And so they they read those cues through, you know, they, they can quickly pick up if I've started to get anxious. And they're like, okay, you're not safe. If you're not grounded and in your body, you're not somebody who's going to be part, a good part of, you know, my, my safety. So they'll mm-hmm. keep their distance. So they are constantly able to give us feedback that we actually, I mean, as humans, we do the same thing. We start to pick up something isn't safe and we do whatever we, but we don't talk about it or give the immediate feedback. We've been socially conditioned to make it okay. But the horses give you very quick feedback if you're out of alignment, if you're not embodied, if you're not, if you're maybe up in your head saying, I'm really scared, but I'm not going to tell anybody that. The horses pick that up because your heart rate's a little higher or your respiratory rate's a little higher, and they move away. And so mm. you really have to start to learn, how am I not even in my presence and body right now? Because the horses will give you that immediate feedback. And it's really right. quite powerful. Um, for me, it was so profound because, um, you know, I had a lot of armor from things in my life. Like, I was pretty good at acting like everything was fine. And I remember the first time that I was out with the horses um, in a workshop that Chris Marie dragged me to, I'll, I'll say, you know. And, uh, you know, I volunteered to go first because I just think you should. And uh, somebody should, and I did. And I came, you know, in this scenario, it's, you know, a horse without reins, so it's not, you know, saddled or there's no rope. You know, it's not roped up. Right. There's no way you can control that horse. Is brought into an open space, an arena, a round pen, something like that. And uh, your, the invitation is to go in there and begin to develop a relationship with this horse without being able to kind of use the normal ways of controlling. And mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I came, It was I volunteered, so I went first. And this horse that was out there was just, to, in my opinion, bucking around, making all sorts of noise, running and, and kicking. And I was like, this is not a good idea. But I didn't say that. I just said, you know, when I asked, was I ready to go out there? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. So I went out <laughs> into the middle of this uh, round pen um, and proceeded to try to do what I thought I was supposed to do, which was develop a relationship. And all I was thinking internally was, this is insane. Let me just figure out what I have to do to get out of here as quickly as possible and, you know, the, the woman who was working with me, she kept asking me. She said, how are you doing? And finally, when I was at a point where I was just, like, almost in tears, I, started, I finally turned to her and I said, I'm terrified. 
You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I, I volunteered because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Now I'm out here. This, you know, this, this horse seems to be like insane. I don't know what's going on. And, <laughs> and I could feel the trembling start to come into yeah, my body. Um... And, and all of a sudden, the whole place went silent. And, and she said to me, she said, I want you to notice what, where the horse is now. And the horse had come up right beside me. <gasps> and um, she said, you know, this is the first time you've been congruent. This is the first time you've been honest about what's happening on the inside and the outside. And that's mm-hmm. what the horse wants. It wants to know you are present. And we all want that, but we don't give as many of the same cues that a horse can give to help because I wouldn't have understood it. But I got it right. in that moment. It was like, oh, wow, when I am really honest about what's happening and I breathe and I don't just come from my head, you know, right. um, I if there's this moment where there's this contact and connection that's very profound. And it's true with horses and it's true with people. But we've done a lot more story making that makes it harder to get there. Yeah. That's my, and I've become profoundly interested in helping other people get that experience with the horses because there's, you know, it can, it's a joyful way to come back into your body. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. it's such a powerful metaphor for what we have, what's happening right now, like dealing with a horse with no reins, you know, you really don't have, you can't power over and so much of like what's being triggered even in me is my desire to make something happen. How can I change it? And that's that same powering over, which is really not available to me right now, which can, you know, in the surrender of that, which happens with, (laughs) that's what it sounds like you did, Susan, is just surrender out there. And it was amazingly connecting with the horse, which I think is for us too. Yeah, you know. Um, So the horse is, go ahead. So the horse is unique at being able to interpret our emotions like that, unlike a dog or a cat or... Well, actually, almost all natural, you know, animals. You could, you know, the woman that I trained with, she does um, a lot of workshops over in Africa. And, and you know, she does work with all animals. But she said, yeah, you could work with a lion or a... But they're more likely to come after you because they have, you know, like, it may not be quite the same, you know. Um, they're not, like, because horses are, set, are indeed prey animals, they really are, um, that, that makes it somewhat unique. And they are totally reliant on the herd. So they, in nature. Now, and you know, we've kind of put them in stables and things. And, but, um, and so, yes, you can get some of the same experience with your dog or, you know, with a cat, it may not, but we've domesticated them, so we've also taught oh, them yeah. certain things that are a little different than, say, just you know, um, going out with the horses. But for sure, almost all animals, you can see some of this. Um, mm-hmm. If we dropped into our more natural state, and the fact that it's not just the story up in our head, not that our story in our head isn't a you know valid. It's just not the only thing we have. If we dropped more into the fullness of, of who we are, we would be more connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think of my dog, and I, I, I have said many times that unconditional love is in my my dog, because <laughs> they just are always there, thinking we're wonderful and great. So I think everybody <laughs> needs to get a dog, because they're great feedback. They always want to love you, and they come when you're hurt. They come lay by you, things like that. And but because I have 
less experience with a horse, I would think that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly learning that. So um, anyway, that's quite interesting. I, we, we discussed briefly that my daughter, who has a facility for competitive horses, so she's, she's got horses. I think I need to go out there and just walk around and <laughs> have her give me a lesson or something. <laughs> well, it would certainly help settle your nervous system to be out there with the horses. If you felt, you know, if you weren't telling yourself a story, they're going to attack me. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think, I think that's what's so, what I find I'm addressing in my coaching clients is how to, and even in my own system, is how to get out of my story, my scary story in my head, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose everything, or, you know, this is never going to end, all of that, which the horses and the animals don't tell themselves. And to actually drop into my body and feel and, you know, whether that's getting some, some, some hacks for that or like putting on a candle or some essential oils or listening to some inspirational music or if you can't get a hug from a human because you're all alone, pick up a, if you hopefully have an animal or take a bath, something that's sensuous or yes. look out at the sky, something that actually gets you back into this present moment rather than that story in our head that we're, scaring ourselves with even baking or cooking like the smell of that the you know your hands getting in dough and is very grounding for us right now in these times when we can get caught in our scary scary thinking yeah yes there's lots that we it's hard for somebody that hasn't been into the coaching world to actually sometimes take that space now, I know yeah. we can rely upon our spiritual life, um, and that can give us a lot of comfort. If you have that, and you develop that in your own personal life, but I, find, I feel for that person that doesn't have that, or they have to rely on doing uh, other things they need to they're going to need to pull from somebody. They need to go to Facebook Live and listen to the good information <laughs> because they're going to need some help. Yeah. It's hard to get those grimaces. It is hard. And I, was, I just put a, I put a post up. We can be physically distant. That doesn't mean we need to be socially isolated because you can pick up the phone. You can reach out. You can video chat. And I think more than ever, it's important for us, especially people that don't have faith or think there's a higher power that's supporting them, to yeah. connect with others and even just talk about how you're feeling as a way of moving through that, whether it's venting or crying or, you know, giving yourself permission that you're going to feel a lot. And no wonder we're in this world, you said it, this world-changing state, which feels pretty chaotic. So it's mm-hmm. definitely rattled everyone's, if not, you know, everyone's cage <laughs> and, and structure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a social butterfly. I know you do, You can't pick up on that, but I am. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so anyway, this has kind of been a challenge, but I have, I have mellowed, um, and I pet my dog more. And I limit my trips to only groceries. And, uh, but I do use the internet for socializing. I do use yeah. my phone for that. And so we have to realize it just needs to be done a little bit different right now for yeah. however long. <laughs> that, that's part of the stress of frustration right now is, um, the, uh, 
we don't know how long. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, had a nonprofit, a love for nonprofit. I was very involved with the Children's Museum in Tyler for mm, five or six years, but I continued to support. And um, so I listened to a Michael Hyatt um, a webinar that he did. Who is it was about going through the chaos. And I just connected so strongly. He did one segment on nonprofits. And you know, when we can connect where our hearts are our hearts are connected, it was so good to give call them and give them some um hope or just give them a resource to go to. Um, we're all in this together, whatever, and we just have to reach out and support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I soothe myself, like, we are a resilient species. (laughs) We, and we do come together. Yeah, we do come together, and um, even though we can't physically come together, it seems that it's kind of um, normalized. It's beyond borders. It's not national. It's not gender. It's not, you know, rich versus poor. Everybody is going through this. It's, um, or Democrat, Republican. It's, it's nonpartisan in yeah. all of this. Yeah. So it really and, is. Now, I know you all do a lot of speaking, and I bet your, 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 your speaking opportunities are just fabulous. I just think you, I know from Chris Marie, she's funny. (laughs) You can go to the webinar, you can go to the website and you can uh, get a sense of both of these ladies. And so, so anyway, what part of your, your uh, business do you actually enjoy the most? Is there one part? For sure. I love, I, uh, this is Chris Marie, and because I'm an actor, I love the stage, and I love performing. And even even our little Facebook Lives, who are doing much more, like a couple of uh, events have shifted to virtual, which is fine with us. It's it's that sense of connection and being with people, and um, so that is definitely where I thrive. And and I mean, I yeah, that's very fun for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Susan, do you kind of have the same? Do you like the stage versus the coaching, or where are you? Uh, I'm probably much more. I mean, I love being on the stage with, uh, you know, with Chris Maria, but Chris that's Marie. not my probably my. You know, when we are like right now, we're you know we're we we actually have been doing some coaching with couples right now because of so much that's going on. And when we're in a session like that, when we're, we're doing it on Zoom, we're able to kind of keep working with people. I find it so powerful to be able to, 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 to hear and listen and support people and being able to listen to each other. That that yeah. is, um, and that we can still do that and offer that right now, even with everything else going on, is really, um, you know, I, I, that's it's what makes a- my heart sing. It's you know, amazing so, that we yeah. can do that. We can talk yeah, about in yeah. this world you know, and offer be. support. Isn't that yeah. wonderful yeah. to mm-hmm. be living in this day and time? Um, yeah. How would they get you? How would somebody contact you if they would right. like to have a session or reach you for a speech? Or How, how right. do they do that, please? 
Well, if they want to reach us, if they want more support, either one-on-one, because we do coach women individually, uh-huh. both me and Susan, and when we work with couples, we work together, all you have to do is you can reach out through email and email us at Thrive Inc. No, sorry, cancel that. Thrive at thriveinc.com. So that's T as in Tony, H as in Harry, R-I-V-E at T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C incorporated.com so that would be and you can you can go to our website which is thriveinc.com and learn more about our services but the quickest way is to um, send us an email and we'd be happy to set up a, a zoom consultation if you're a couple or we do coaching on the phone or zoom individually uh-huh. and um, or e- even speaking at uh, virtually at an organization or a conference we do that as well yeah um Where'd it go? I had a question, and it went. Um, oh, yes, we had mentioned about a giveaway that you have for the audience that they might go in and um, yes. do a complimentary so, chapter. What would that be? What we have is a um, it's a little um, workbook that it's uh, the secret to setting boundaries that stick. And mm-hmm. it is available. So how this is, you can go to our website, and it's at the bottom of the page, the home page. But a, a really nifty way that your listeners can get it, if they've got a phone, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember if I've got the number right. I have the number. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I remember the number? This is so, how they can get this um, right away, which is if they dial um, text, text 406. Three five zero seven six nine one, and when and they put in their text their name, like uh, their name and their email email address. Full and then name. Sent, Full name. Yes. That could be first, first name. First, first name. name fine. Okay. And then their email. The important thing is email address, and then they'll get back a, a, a response. A response, and then they want to type in the word spark. S T A R K. Okay. So that's four zero six three five zero seven six nine one, and then the word that they have to put back is Spark S P A R K, and that will give them a free workbook that talks about boundaries. It's a, a little mini worksheet, and they can. Um, it's kind of like a little snippet that they can use instantaneously, and it'll give them a sense of what the the beauty of conflict for couples chapter is about mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I think they'll enjoy that very good thank you very much you know I always like getting something free and I know my listeners do too <laughs> so you know these days we're on a budget so we need, right. we need to be getting they, those you know Joyce there's another thing that they can get if they text that number again and they put in the word beauty B-E-A-U-T-Y. They'll also get a little um, a little mini book on how to have tough conversations at work. So that's another oh, resource. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, as usual, I have really enjoyed this conversation with you today. It is it's exciting that we can do this, but I thank you so much for being present to give great information to my audience. So thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, Joyce, you're you're very generous, and we appreciate being on the on the show. Yes, thank right. you. And you all stay inside now. Don't go out too much. 
Right. Okay. Stay safe and healthy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just keep making those Facebook lives. We will. We will. Okay. I hope to see all you right. on. Yeah. Okay. All right. For all of my listeners out there, I do hope that you have found great value in today's show. I certainly have. I've written down beauty and spark and all that so I could go get my freebies. But I also ask that you um, stay calm. You stop that TV watching and you start reading and increasing your world's Thank you for being here today. It's so great to have you here. I know you're out there, and I send you love and support that we will make th- we will make it through this and return to calm. So until I, we visit next week, I love you. Stay calm. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.